Hi, welcome to my first episode of my very first podcast. My name is Bailey Sanford, and I'm just going to tell you my story. Um, I'm dedicating this first episode all about me, so you guys can know who I am, what my story is, and hopefully throughout this podcast that you listen to, you will find out all about me and if you are struggling with things that I've been through I'm here um you can ask questions and I will answer them in some podcast I'll do some Q&A's and stuff like that so um first things first my name is Bailey Sanford I think I've said that already I'm 18 years old um Something that would describe me is people say I have an old soul. My entire family says that. People that barely know me say that. Um, yeah, I believe it because I just feel like I belong. I am in the wrong generation, if you know what I mean. So, one big thing about me is I have had five open heart surgeries and 15 heart caths. Yes, you heard me right. Five open heart surgeries, 15 heart caths, all in the span of 18 years. <laughs> I also have rheumatoid arthritis. It is more severe in my hips and le- my hips and legs, um, but then it's mild everywhere else. So, um, yeah, or it's like moderate everywhere else. It affects all my joints, obviously, but it's more severe in my hips and my leg, like my knees, and just my entire legs. So, let me get to the story. So, before I was born, my mom, my dad got pregnant, but unfortunately, my mom had a miscarriage. Um, they believe that the baby was going to be a boy. I think they said it was supposed to be a boy. Um, so, yeah. And then... Then, in 2001, they got pregnant with me, and everything, the doctors all said that I was healthy, you know, every scan, everything was going great. Um, I was born February 15th, 2002. Um, I was actually supposed to be born, like, in February 21st, something like that. But I came earlier than expected. My mom had to go into emergency C-section because she wasn't at me naturally. But I just, it wasn't, she wasn't dilating. And then my heart rate started fluctuating. It would go very, very low and then very, very high. So they had eventually had to do a emergency C-section. So after I was born, they did all the tests and they said, oh, she's healthy. You know, they didn't see anything. Um, they did notice I had a heart murmur, which is kind of like, people describe it as if when you listen to the heart, a cat is purring inside of your chest. Um, so, yeah. Um, so they were like, oh, that'll go away within like 48 hours. No need to worry. It's fine. Like, it's a usual thing. So my parents didn't worry about it. So a few days later... They noticed um, that one of my tear ducts of my eyes was crusty. I had kind of crusted over. They didn't know if it was like a eye infection or something. So they took me to the doctor. They took me to my pediatrician now. 
and they were just expecting some eye drops that was it um so the nurse one of the nurses listened well she was actually a doctor yeah um she had come into the room she was this is not my pediatrician by the way she had to call in my actual one now she was listening to me and she was like um do y'all like know she has a heart murmur and like yeah you know when she was born they mentioned something about it but they just told us not to worry about it you know and she said well it's not gone away it's actually quite worse um it's very vibrant and she said let me go get the another doctor that's more skilled than i am so they brought in my pediatrician and she listened and she said this is very concerning um she said let's get some ekgs and some echoes done an echo is basically an ultrasound of the heart and we will um send it to the children's hospital so i live in mississippi so the only children's hospital here is blair batson in jackson mississippi so they sent it to the cardio um the cardiology department there and about the next day or so or the no the next day we went and got the test done so about two days later my dad it was early in the morning about eight o'clock something like that my dad was on his way to work my mom was about to go in my room and go wake me up and you know feed me all that good stuff when she received a call and it was a woman on the phone and said it's this baby's mother or parent or whatever and my mom was like yeah this is her mom and she said hi I'm a nurse calling from the cardiology department from Blair Batson our top cardiologist Dr. Bede would like to talk to you so she's like okay um so he gets on the phone and he says he goes hello um he says where do you live and they said oh we live she said we live in Hattiesburg and he said okay he said how long does it take for how long is a normal trip for you to get here and she said well it takes about an hour and a half but we can probably get there in an hour and she and he said pack your bags and hurry get it as fast as you can and she told he told her that um to go to the emergency room like entrance and they would all be waiting so obviously at this point you know my mom's like freaking out she's calling her parents she's calling my dad saying you've got to turn around we got to go we got to go so they pack me a bag they pack them a small bag thinking not thinking that they're going to be gone for so long so they drive they rush to the hospital which is they took them about an hour they and my dad was carrying me through they were walking through the doors my dad was carrying me my mom had my bag and there was a bunch of doctors and nurses standing around and a nurse said is this bailey sanderford um and they said yes this is her and he she said we gotta take her now and they took me away started connecting me all sorts of ivs tubes wires all this you know the whole lot so dr bead 
my cardiologist finally comes into my parents and says we need to talk. So he sits them down and he tells them that unfortunately there was five different things going on with my heart that was very rare for a baby to have. It was very, very rare. Like for all those five things they don't they still don't have a medical name for it. Um like to put those five things together because it's just it's so rare. And they said only um one percent of babies live through all five things together. So, you know, I had a very low chance. So they first was my aortic valve was completely narrowed um basically closed so it wasn't even pumping blood through my body um there was a hole in the middle of both chambers of the heart there was i don't even remember i don't even remember all five it was just so many so he said that they were going to open the aortic valve or try to open it as much as they could with medicines to get me some blood flow going and he said he said has she like turned blue um eating sleeping drinking crying i'm like oh yeah she's like a completely normal baby she just sleeps a lot like she sleeps a lot and he was like so shocked because like by that time i should have been completely blue you know and not breathing and he said well he said, if she, if you had not taken her to the doctor, he said, by tomorrow morning, she would have been dead. Like, you would have walked in, walked in her room, she would completely blue, not breathing, dead. And they would have said she had something else. Like, they wouldn't even have known. So, um, they connect me to a bunch of machines, and they say, we gotta get her... He said, we got to get her open heart surgery right away. So they're called, it took them several days um, to find a surgeon to do the procedure because they were calling all the top uh, cardiovascular surgeons for children all across the country. And none of them was accepting <laughs> None of them was accepting my case. They were like, we're not touching her. Like, no thank you. They were like, we... Most of them were saying, I just can't do that. Like, the risks are so high that she doesn't make it through. And I can't deal with that. Most of them were saying, you're crazy. Like, there's no way I'm doing this. Um, A lot of them were saying... Most of them were saying that it was just so much repair on the heart. That they just couldn't deal with it. Until... One surgeon in, I want to say, I think it was Boston. I want to say Boston, yeah. I forget his name, but I promise in the next episode, I will tell you guys his name. Um, He accepted, and he said, they do know the risk. Like, they've got to know the risk, because I can't go into this and them not know anything. So my my cardiologist, like, of course, you know, they know the risk. They know everything, which the risks were 
you know, it was just so much repair on a small little heart like that, um, that it was just, it could have, you know, killed me, like, immediately, you know, it was just so much to deal with, so they had to fly me in the medical jet, and my mom was able to, my dad was going to go with me, but then he was too heavy, so they were like, well, the mom can go, she's lighter, so they flew, and then my dad and my grandparents had to catch a flight, um, to Boston, so they get, I am so sorry, it was not Boston, it was Cleveland, yes, Cleveland, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I'm like dying, <laughs> so they go to Cleveland, um, and of course they had to do a few tests real quick, um, and then they took me into surgery, um, and that was my very first surgery, so they repaired everything, or they, yeah, they they basically got most things done, um, of course, the aortic valve is always gonna be a problem, everything was gonna be a problem, but, um, and then I didn't even have medical insurance, like, we didn't have insurance, thankfully, a nurse up there was like, well, we can, uh, like a finance lady, was like, look, we can get you insurance for free for her, or not for free, but like, we can get you some good insurance, it won't be that expensive, but they couldn't, since there was no name for all the medical conditions combined, they could only put aortic stenosis, um, which was the aortic valve, so that's what I lived on, <laughs> um, even though there's plenty other things, so, yeah, that was my very first surgery, um, I don't know the basics of my first heart cath, unfortunately, um, I've had plenty, so, um, but my last surgery was last June, it was June 12th of 2019, I was, I got my aortic valve replaced, I got it replaced when I was in, I'm a junior in high school right now, about to be senior, um, I got my aortic valve replaced the first time in 2013 of December with a, um, type of artificial valve, and we knew it would have to be replaced at some point, and that was replaced by Dr. Salazar, um, and then Dr. Salazar left, and then I had my surgery last year of 2019 with a surgeon named Dr. Kogan, Brian Kogan, amazing man, he was so amazing to me, um, the sweetest guy you will ever meet, um, he replaced it with a medical, a mechanical valve, I'm so sorry, and it was only supposed to be six hour long procedure, um, just replace the aortic valve, you're done, but unfortunately, the type of artificial valve that Dr. Selzar had used was known to calcify, which means harden like a rock, basically, and we didn't, he had no idea what he was getting into, 
um, when he opened up the chest, he didn't know if he was going to be the entire heart was going to be calcified or what, you know. So, um, I had to get a, uh, CAT scan. Um, my surgery was originally begun June 7th, but then Dr. Kogan got a heart transplant, emergency heart transplant in pl- place of mine. So then they, I was just so bad of shape that they called and said, well, we moved her to this Wednesday, which was June 12th. So, but I had a CAT scan to see how close my sternum was to my heart because of how many surgeries I've had. And he didn't want to risk not knowing and then cut into my sternum and then he cuts into the heart and I'm, you know, a goner. So, (laughs) um, but he went into the surgery, you know, um, he told us all the risk of, he gave, he's, let me start over. Before the surgery, he walked in and he said, I normally don't do this. I normally don't talk one-on-one with my patients beforehand, but he said, I felt like something was telling me to talk to you. He gave us other options of valves. Um, he gave us a artificial valve again option. He was like, but you have to get replaced, obviously. You have to just keep getting replaced. And then he gave us the medical, the mechanical valve option. I don't know why I keep saying medical. And he said, unfortunately, with the mechanical valve, you will have to be on very heavy blood thinner, which is called Coumadin or Warfarin. Sorry, I had to get some water. Um, and unfortunately, this medication has to be closely watched, um, especially when having children. Um, I can't get pregnant, you know, randomly on this medication. Everything has to be planned because warfarin or Coumadin, I call it Coumadin, is very toxic to a fetus. So, whenever I plan on having children in the future, I have to contact the OBGYN at Blair Batson, my cardiologist, the whole lot. You know, the Coumadin clinic, all that good stuff. So, yeah, um, but he got into the surgery, unfortunately, the artificial valve had calcified to my pulmonary valve, and the pulmonary valve was fine until now. It calcified, it completely calcified the entire root of the heart, of the valves and everything, so what that means is he basically had to cut off the top half of my heart reconstruct a brand new top half of my heart and put in a mechanical valve and a better artificial valve for the pulmonary so it ended up taking about 11 to 12 hours um he said when he came out he he came out once and told my parents the situation because after he had opened up and looked he just he said I can't keep going on and them not have permission me not have permission to do anything 
he went out and talked to them. He said, and he told them what was going on. He said, it's calcified. Um, and he said, I just, I need to, before I keep going on, I need your permission to, you know, replace the pulmonary now. And they're like, yeah, do whatever you need to. Like, we just want her alive type of thing. Um, so... And they said that they saw a nurse run, and then she walked by with a cart, and it had all sorts of valves on it and stuff. So that was, and they knew that was for me. Um, and they said he walked out after the surgery, and they said he looked like a mess. They said he looked, he just looked absolutely wrecked. And he told them, he said, out of my many years of being a surgeon, I don't know, I forgot how many years he had been doing it. I think he was like 20-something years. It was 24. Out of his 24 years of being a surgeon, my surgery was the most aggressive and gruesome surgery he's ever done. He said he's never put more stitches in a heart than mine. Um, he thought that he was never going to stop bleeding, um, because they had me connected to the heart-lung machine, and with all the stitches and everything, and him reconstructing it, he said it just would not stop bleeding, and they didn't know what to do. He didn't, he said it got to a point that they were scared, that he actually got scared, um, because, you know, your body can't be on a heart-lung machine for very long, and he was trying to get me off as fast as he could, but he said he just would not stop bleeding until it finally did, and yeah, so they had to keep me sedated for the next 24 hours, or then until the next morning, which was expected. They had told us to be prepared for that anyway, um, and yeah, so it took, it's, taken me a very very long time to heal from that one because I just it took so much out on me on my body and my it was just so much but I do feel so much more amazing um he's currently writing a case study on me um he said he's never really had He's had opportunities to write case studies, but he's never had, like, astonishing procedures to write about until mine. And he, they came to him again and said, would you like to write a case study? Um, and he thought of me. So, he's writing my case study. Um, unfortunately my name won't be mentioned, but that's okay. It's completely fine, you know. So, yeah. Um... So that's my story. Um, the rheumatoid arthritis was just a whole nother thing. That was scary. <laughs> but um, we thought I had cancer. They thought I had cancer. Um, just by how fast everything progressed. I was in a wheelchair for about six months because I couldn't walk. The pain was so bad that if I stood up for a second, I just cried and cried and cried. And it was just, 
It was terrible. I actually had to leave my actual school. I go to a private school. I had to leave school, do homeschooling for about a year and a half until I could completely heal. And then I got to go back. So, yeah. It was pretty hard. Um, And we were like, out of all the things I've been through, why this now, why me type of thing. But we prayed about it, and you know, God answered our prayers, and he healed me. I'm obviously still taking medications for rheumatoid arthritis, but it has definitely gotten better. So, yeah, that's my story. Um, I will continue doing different um, episodes of where I just kind of tell stories from the hospitals, um, things that have happened, um, sometimes I'll do an episode where I answer you guys' questions, because I know a lot of people in this world are dealing with things like me, like with the rheumatoid arthritis, or heart issues, or they just discovered they've got a heart, um, they've got a heart defect, or something's wrong, you know, and I'm always here to talk, I'm always, always here, I just want to make this world a better place you know I want people to have a better knowledge of heart diseases and how gruesome they can be you know and um I just want to get my story heard that's my main thing I just want to get my story heard and I feel that with a podcast I am able to do I'm able to get that done so I hope you enjoyed this episode. There will be more soon, so get ready, stay tuned. I hope you all have an amazing day, night, evening, whatever it is. Please stay positive during this time. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to message me. Um, I have an Instagram. It's at bailey.sanderford. Feel free to DM me any questions. I might do a Q&A at some point. Like a pod- podcast Q&A. Um, and I think that would be very fun. So, if you have any questions, feel free to send them in for a Q&A. Um, but yeah, thank you so much everyone for listening. And I... We'll talk to you soon.